This is Pop and Crap, episode 68. Welcome to episode 68 of Pop and Crap. I am Paul French, and I am pleased to be in a much cleaner space to record. I'm Scott, and that sounds kind of ominous. What was going on over there before? I just did some tidying up, that's all. Oh, well, you're available to, if this is a service you're offering. Oh, sir, it's taken me years to get it done here, so (laughs) I don't think I'm quite ready to hire out. (laughs) Fair enough. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, um, we have we have a couple things to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other week we uh, we talked a, a bit about uh, how we were looking forward to the um, um, uh, live in front of a studio audience, and I hadn't had the chance to watch it at that stage because stuff, and um, because <laughs> two kids, two dogs, means can't have nice things like watching. The, uh, the the rare show so live um, so we had all in the family first what did you think of the casting choices for that oh my um, I I like them I uh, I think on the whole I like them um, I was very surprised by uh, Marissa Tomei I thought she she really brought it I, 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 Which is hard when you're going with that role, right? It's funny. That was the one I, I was going to be most uh, um, iffy. Uh, like, uh, I, I, th- that was the one I was most concerned about. And I'm, I'm a Mar- Marissa Tomei fan, um, you know, going way back. And, uh, like, going back to, like, we're talking uh, um, a, a different world. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I thought she was excellent. I thought... You know, poor Woody Harrelson had the uh, you know the the Carol O'Connor baggage to carry, and that's tough. Yeah. And he was pretty good overall with it, um, but uh, but but that's a that's just a again such an iconic uh, role. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Is I mean, the two of them sit down at the piano, and that, it, that's the other thing was to start with the theme song. Hey, so now in addition to trying to play the characters who are literally larger than life and yeah. these icons of comedy, now you got to do the part of the show that everybody knows, even if they didn't watch the show, which is exactly. the two of them singing at the piano. Like that's a hard start. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and 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 when I get to the ones that I wasn't as crazy about, it isn't because uh, it, they're not talented. It's just it's a tough thing to yeah. hit. Yeah, um, I. Marissa Tomei was the one that when I read ahead of time, I was like, really? And then yeah, the same. episode, I was like, good for you. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I was impressed. I was pleased. I was happy for her. I was proud of her. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Aunt May can still bring it. Um, <laughs> um, and interestingly, like, you know, Ike Barinholtz, I thought made a great meathead mm-hmm. and, uh, and Ellie Kemper as Gloria. I'll be honest. I liked her better. <laughs> Than Sally Struthers is Gloria. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just she 
she came off stronger in the in the role of of the feminist, right? Than okay, than, yeah. I, than I thought Sally Struthers did at the top, back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah now that. that said, you know she, she has the advantage of uh, of having um, had that ground broken by people like Sally Struthers. So yeah. you, you know I I, I I I acknowledge that, but I I just. I thought she was really good. She was really strong in that, and uh, and that was great. In fact, the only person I wasn't crazy about in the um, in the All in the Family part really mm-hmm. w- was Lionel. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure who he was. Uh, yeah, and... no idea, no idea. Yeah, but but the thing I remember about Lionel and Archie, that back and forth was he. He just, and I can't find a better word for it, but he just came on stronger. And uh, and he used to be, you know, he used to do all that, okay, yeah, yeah, because you, you know we love ribs. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he used to play into a lot of that stuff more. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a little bigger in, in the mm-hmm. role. And um, and that's of course uh, I believe that was Mike Evans who would later go on to create Good Times, <laughs> and that's why he uh, that's why he actually left uh, early on in uh, in the Jeffersons run and then came back later when uh, Good Times was canceled. Um, but yeah, so Lionel was the the weakness there. Um, on the Jefferson side, I thought. Uh, they 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 were bang on. I mean, Jamie Fox, despite being too tall, um, made yeah. made you know it was funny when they did a couple of short jokes and it's like really. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he was a great George. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed his part where he blew the line and he. Oh, that was hilarious! Yeah, and he just played That's it off live. and kept going. And, it's live. Yeah, it's live. It's live. It's okay. It's live. <laughs> and. Um, um, that, that he did the dance, that he oh, uh, really yes. embraced it as much as he did. I yeah. thought that was, that was yeah. pretty great. And, and I mean, because there's a difference between doing an impression and doing an interpretation. And he was definitely doing a, an impression, whereas I thought Woody Harrelson was doing more of an interpretation of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that's perhaps part of it, too. Um, uh, Wanda Sykes as Wheezy was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh God, she was so good. Yeah, she, she has the the right level of uh, I put up with this idiot. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. She was she she nailed it. Um, and uh, I I was also iffy about um, Carrie Washington mm-hmm. as uh, as Helen, and I thought she was really good in it. Uh, you know, she she played the sort of the more um, um, uh, urbane uh, character, you know, and I, and so and so so I thought that was really strong. And uh, Will Ferrell as Mr. Bentley uh, was was <laughs> was delightful. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I think I think most of the ones in uh, in um, the Jeffersons uh, one were, were were pretty bang on. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the, the person they had play Florence, I, I don't know if she was as good as the original Florence. I, <laughs> that was fantastic. You know what? What I opened. loved, what I loved about it is that they they announced that it was going to be uh, Justine. It was going to be Justine Mikado who was in uh, um, All in the Family. Yeah, uh, like the the new all uh, not. 
the family one day, uh, the, the new uh, one, day one day at a time. time. Yeah. And so they had said that it was going to be her. And, um, and so I was expecting her and it's like, okay, they went with, with, a, with a Latina. Uh, okay, sure. And, um, you know, but and and knowing that episode like I did, it's like they're gonna say about the uh, you know we we arrived and nobody told me, and it's like is that gonna play as well? And then yeah. to to have Marla Gibbs walk through that door and she killed it. Mm-hmm. She uh, you know that 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 to me was a real highlight because she uh, her walking in and and she's what like eighty eight years old now, something like that. Yeah. Doing this role that she did when she was like, you know, 30, 36 or something like that. Um, just incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And, uh, and you know, yeah. Um, time has been kind to her. <laughs> she yeah. has, no, she she has aged well. She was 44 when she played the role the first time. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, was she 88? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, that was just that was great. Yeah. It was it was such a nice surprise, and when you saw that it was her, I, 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 I let out a an audible cheer. Um, and uh, uh, I mean they they found some great people. Jack A. in there was uh, that was an interesting oh, choice. Yes. She was great. Yes, right? uh, just, of course. Uh, um, uh, Marla Gibbs, old two two seven castmate. Exactly right, yeah. and. Uh, um, you know Stephen Tobolowsky playing uh, Harry for next door. That was That's, that was that was it. it was, I, why because, did I say Will Ferrell? I, I meant Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, right. And then uh, um, Will was Tom, and I. That's right. I mixed when the two I up, read yeah. the casting, and then the episode aired. I thought that Will. I thought that um, Stephen was playing Tom, and that confused me even more because I said, "Well, he's supposed to be married. Where's his wife?" And it was very confusing. I, I. The one thing I wish I'd done was rewatch the episodes that were going they yeah, were doing yeah. before uh, they aired again, just so I could appreciate some of the similarities, some of the differences. They're, they're not as easy to find. I'm not so much, say, huh? yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was great. Sean Hayes was hiding in there at the beginning of All in the Family. Or, that's right. Yeah, All in the Family. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember who, what his character's name. Uh, his character <laughs> was uh, uh, Frank. Yes. Yeah. It was good. And uh, I think the thing that was really neat was the live performance of both theme songs. I mean, it yes. was expected in All in the Family, but it wasn't expected in in um, uh, the Jeffersons. And to get Jennifer Hudson in there to just belt that thing out, walk through the set, totally. and step onto the elevator and be gone was fantastic. Absolutely. I hope that's something they, they carry on in other future attempts at this. And I'm, if, I'm really hoping that this if is the they first do of it. these. Yeah, yeah, I'm, exactly. I think they will. I think they like this. I think they thought it was a, a good thing. I, I, I think they picked the right time of year to do it. Right? You get it right they on the did. end of now, all the finales. Everybody's still staring at their TV and they're confused because all their shows are gone. Yeah. And you hit them with one of these big special events. I, I miss event television. So if they can find a way to do some things like this, where it's caused to, you know, put something in your calendar, be excited about it, and actually catch it when it airs, that that's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything about the about doing more, but uh, I would I would certainly be on board for watching it. I think um, Kimmel really liked it, and I think he was the one pushing it. So I could see him trying to do it again. And you know, they they certainly like what he does over there. They're not gonna. Yeah. Oh, I stand I stand corrected. Actually, there is a 
um, an item uh, just a couple of from a couple of days ago um, on Deadline talking about looking at at turning it into a circulation play franchise. You know, kind of like they do the uh, the annual uh, live musical uh, yep. they've done over the last few years. Um, and um, so, yeah, they said it's something that we looked at as a franchise if it worked and we didn't know if it would. We didn't know if people would still care. And it was nice that they did uh, with something yeah. like this uh, that we now that would. But then you run the risk of making it less special. Right. And uh, so hopefully they can. Uh, well, they, I think you can't you can't do it to death. It, yeah. it comes down to you're picking your source material and the right casting. And if you do it too often, you won't get the right casting anymore because everybody will feel it's been done. Yeah, exactly. But. Now, now, when when uh, in, in talking about the the, the the Jefferson's theme, of course, was written and performed by uh, Janet Dubois, who um, people may remember as Willona from Good Times. Hmm. She was the uh, the neighbor on uh, on Good Times, and uh, and yeah, she, man, she she nailed that theme. It was amazing, um, and I think she was also no, that was someone different. Never mind. Um, Anyway, so hopefully, hopefully that will be a thing. Um, yeah, they've, 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 they're, 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 they seem to be mulling it over. Well, the way they named it, it seemed like that was their intent all along. Yeah. It was live in front of a studio audience, colon, and then the name of the show. It, that leaves it so you can use that banner again and again and then just substitute Absolutely. whatever show you're doing. So that's my belief and my hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Um, all right. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Um, hey, but there, there's actually one one more thing about that. You know, when the Jeffersons was on when it first started, and mm -hmm. all and you know, all in the family in, in that run as well, they both aired on Saturday night, and pulled in great ratings on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And and now, of course, like Saturday night, like most networks don't even bother with original programming on Saturdays yep. anymore. Um, and and I think the part of that is that they targeted a lot of these shows at at, at families in general, older families, because look at the the age of the leads in all of those shows. Mm -hmm. And um, now, of course, everything's aimed at a, uh, at eighteen to thirty four. Yeah. Right. So, so what they've done is they've they've aimed aimed at the people who aren't aren't watching as much TV. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that's right? part of the problem. That could uh, totally be part of the problem. I think um, I'm trying to remember the other big Saturday night shows. I think Golden Girls was a Saturday night staple. I think so. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It, like that used to be a thing, and then yeah. uh, and then everything started being targeted. You know, almost solely like everything's about about the uh, the eighteen to thirty four demo. Yeah. And um, and so it tends to, uh, yeah, it just it, it just that that kind of leads away from having these extra spaces for programming. And because, you know, a Saturday night, I'm, I'm generally going to be at home, uh, you know, unless yeah. unless I'm out playing somewhere, I'm uh, I'm at home. Mm -hmm. And so I just I just thought that that was, you know, I was listening to. Uh, uh, Ken Levine on his uh, his podcast Hollywood and Levine uh, talked a bit about the uh, the live the the live from in front of a studio audience and was talking about how his first script was actually a first season uh, Jefferson script hmm. and 
you know, that was the thing that got, that's where how he got his start in 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 writing for TV. And uh, and he had mentioned that they were huge shows on Saturday night. And uh, and he didn't make any observation beyond that, just saying that, yeah, they don't do that anymore. And uh, and so it really made me think about it. And it's and that's the th that's the, the sort of the best thing I can think is that basically what they did is they moved away from an audience that's going to tend to be around around the house a bit more. And. Um, and uh, and so they kind of lose these opportunities uh, to to connect. And it does make sense. And yeah. I mean, the Friday night success story for the longest time was uh, TGIF, and that was all family sitcoms yeah. aimed at an early adolescence audience. So it was the the ones that were home, but maybe having a sleepover with friends. And yeah, was, yeah, exactly. You know, well, I mean, that's, you know, when, and even earlier than that, I can remember uh, growing up, and Friday night was different strokes. Yeah. And, um, you know, then the, and then also the facts of life. And uh, and so it's funny because now there's very little on a Friday night. Uh, but note that um, um, uh, Last Man Standing, um, mm -hmm. you know, tends to actually that that becomes a, a truer and truer title uh, because uh, everything around it gets canceled. But but it, it it's you know, and it in, including itself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, it came back strong and, uh, and it's been renewed and, uh, um, it is still literally the last man standing on, uh, on a Friday night. <laughs> the, uh, the one thing I remember with the Saturday night stuff, um, was when B. Arthur passed, there was a great article in entertainment weekly that talked about, um, how she taught and then she uh, she led a master's course in sarcasm for babysitters everywhere of an entire generation. That's fantastic. And that it was the Saturday night when you were sitting there babysitting and saying, I was doing this, so I remember this. And and B. Arthur taught you what sarcasm was. <laughs> oh, yeah. God bless Dorothy's Bornack for that. Yeah, exactly. So it, uh, yeah, I, there, there was a time when, like you say, it, it just dominated. And it's a shame that they can't mix it up a little more. Yeah, everybody's got to chase the same thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, and and they get diminishing returns as a result. And you know, to their credit, like the Last Man Standing, they're going against the grain, and it's working for them uh, to a certain degree. Absolutely, they're going very traditional sitcom, but uh, um, you know, they they play their um, their version. Traditional of sitcom Friday night, and you know, to a primarily family based yeah crowd, and it, yeah. And, and 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 just mentioning that leaves leads me to one other thing, um, and, I'll, and I'll just talk about this quickly. Is uh, uh, the movie Booksmart? If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's great. It's yeah. fa it's fantastic. Um, I finally had to look up a trailer because the TV commercials were driving me insane. They wouldn't tell you what the hell it was about. <laughs> Um, so. it's, it's basically super, super bad with girls. Um, uh -huh. in, in fact, one of them is uh, Jonah Hill's sister. Um, but um, uh, so, Beanie Feldstein is 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 one of the is one of the leads. Uh, it is herself and Caitlin Deaver, and who we love. Um, and um, she was on uh, Seth Meyers the other week, and is like, like 
Beanie Feldstein is a total ray of sunshine, right? Um, really, she came on just really positive about everything, and and what I really liked about it was was she said that uh, she, every time she referred to Caitlyn Deaver, she, it was the amazing Caitlyn Deaver, <laughs> the incredible Caitlyn Deaver, and I loved that it was like you know just she's just really holding her up. You know, and uh, it it was just fantastic, and 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 that positive vibe that and that vibe of of uh, you know standing up for her friend uh, is is all is all through the movie, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really really great very you know it's it's like you can't help but smile thinking about it afterward, and um, and 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 yes, the super bad for girls, it, it, it that's very simplistic and it, it is much more than that um and uh is is well worth everyone's time hmm. the trailer looked great I, yeah. I when i saw it i said oh this is gonna be fantastic yeah olivia and wilde directed it yeah that's it's her it's her directorial debut is it it is indeed or, it is indeed yeah. yeah and i'd seen uh i'd seen beanie in neighbors 2 Yes. And liked her in that. Yeah. Hadn't seen her really in anything since. And uh, Caitlin Deaver, of course, between uh, um, between uh, Last Man Standing and uh, well, and this is why. And oh, this movie was uh, justified. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but but th- this is why she could only do a few episodes last season because she was making Booksmart. Uh, so. I was worried that she'd just gotten too big. Well, I assumed that she was off doing something, but. May hey, still that may still happen. Doing. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, I, I, I just thought I, thought I thought it worth noting that it was just uh, it's it's great to see like like this is a movie I do at some point want my girls to see because uh, it's just good to see positive things people holding holding the holding their 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 people up and mm-hmm. uh, and having their back and uh, and and being real positive about it. It, it was awesome. That is excellent. All right. Good. I will check that out. So, uh, and now I've pulled away from the uh, the segue that I was going to make because, of course, there are (laughs) new things uh, um, and different ways of of consuming media, and there are older ways of consuming media, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff about you know whether it be you know games, movies, uh, uh, TV, and sort of the the, the different ways uh, the, and, uh, that we used to consume these things, and uh, and music's where we really get a lot of them as well, and um, and so I thought we'd kind of start off with that and just you know some stories about these uh, these relics of bygone days that we still still sometimes just love. And do we want to talk about why we're doing that? Yeah, there's a what reason. Was the... What was the spark for this yeah. little idea? Yeah. Um, damn if I know. Um, and and it was my idea. <laughs> oh, it was the end of uh, the announcement that iTunes was ending. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they announced that they're uh, and, and I mean really, uh, there's a lot being made of that. It's it really just means that they're splitting it into three different applications, which uh, for you know people for people on iOS, that's been the way it's been, any for for years now. Uh, you know, there's been a podcast app, there's been a music app, and a um, um, and and a TV and movie app, and so they're splitting it apart on desk on the desktop as well. So you know, and and they'll they'll focus on the branding of Apple Music, Apple TV, and Apple Podcasts, which they've largely been doing for years now. 
So it, it is not it is not as you know a lot of people are like oh my god what am I gonna do how am I gonna do my how how am I gonna listen to my podcast and it's like go use the podcast app or or whatever you use the directory is still there in fact they've been calling the directory apple podcasts for a few years now um and uh same with uh you know so so yeah it's all going to kind of move to that anyway so i'm really it means there's a less figure out how to load music on and off my iphone i don't want to sound like an old man here but i would like it to Still work right, damn it. <laughs> and you'll and you'll do that in, uh, in in the Apple Music app, which I'm then fine with. Yeah. As long as I can put my tunes on my phone and I don't have to do it through purchasing through iMusic or something like that. That's that's the only thing I was getting worried and concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to them screwing me in some way. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm suspicious until it happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay, um, man. What uh, what have you got? Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you start off. You can you can uh, can take the lead off position Mm -hmm. because I know you had a picture of a cup of of a couple of things yesterday. But we'll we'll get to those when we get to those. (laughs) Yeah, they are in the list. Um, You good good. My big one, and I spent half the day trying to find the exact model number, and I could not. Yeah. uh, But it was specifically my Sony Walkman. Nice. Um, And I know that everybody defaults to that classic yellow one, the the sport. Oh, um, yes, yes, yeah. But mine specifically was, it was late 80s, I want to say 89, maybe 90, on a trip to the States. And uh, it was a very, very slim uh, little black Walkman. Uh, it was barely the width of a tape. In fact, it flared out at the end where, yeah. or on the side where the tape gets fatter. Um, it had a little bulge on the bottom where the battery was because it was a, it ran on a single AA or a rechargeable battery. You know those little oh, gum fancy. stick ones they used to do, the flat Sony rechargeable batteries. Okay. It had it had mega bass. It had reverse direction, so you could listen to the backside without even taking the tape yes. out and turning it over. Uh, it was bitching, <laughs> and nice. uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I love that little thing. It fit. Um, it was so slim that it would fit in, like you know the inside pocket of my my jeans jacket um because i was that cool yeah and uh it was just it was a wonderful little walkman i love that thing it got stolen while i was in college sons of bitches bastards a lot of them but uh i dug it i've never seen one since i've never seen anybody else have one ever it was my favorite and i miss it to this day hence Mm -hmm. hence it being my leadoff pick and that is fantastic yeah i i had um I think I had a Sony a Sony Walkman much later, um, like well, I'm talking sort of ninety four, ninety five, and um, and and in fact, I think I had two at the time because the one um, got lost on a bus at some point, uh-huh. and um, and so uh, so it had to be replaced. As did the co- as did the copy of Magical Mystery Tour that uh, that sat in it. Um, oh, and, um, but the one I really remember was a, a, a gift I got from my aunt in, uh, for my, uh, I believe my 12th birthday and it was not Sony. It was definitely off brand and it was large. <laughs> um, it, it had a carrying strap. So you could like, it was, 
Well, and the reason for that is because it also had a, an AM FM radio in it. Yep. And was it blue? No, it was gray. And oh, okay. um, and this is this is you know early days, right? So. Yeah. Um, because there is a picture of me somewhere um, with my sister crossing uh, the cro- the famed crosswalk at Abbey Road. Because I oh, took wow. it, I took it with me um, on our trip to England uh, that summer, and uh, we were there for about a month. And um, there was, uh, and so there's this there's this picture of me with that with it, and it's it's huge, you know, because it needed so much more space to also have the radio in it, because you know it it it's like the equivalent of in um, Back to the Future Three when they build the new DeLorean with the big with the microchip on the. Uh... <laughs> yep, we had to build it as a transistor because we didn't have a microchip. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and so. Um, so when we made the and so also when we made that trip to England, I um, also discovered the Oxford Street Virgin Megastore, um, and I came back with like an extra bag of cassettes, uh, basically, and uh, you know a lot of stuff that was that you could only get in England at the time, uh, as well as. Um, you know some older stuff that were that that uh, they had. You know, like they had like a bundled uh, uh, Van Halen one and two, um, uh, and and that sort of thing. Um, and so I I bought a bunch of those, and uh, and and I I listened to the hell out of that thing on hmm. on that trip. You know, and uh, um, you know I would listen to it as I went to sleep, and I think it ran on like three or four, like maybe four double uh, A's or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, hence another reason why it had to be so huge, yeah. and uh, and and I used that thing for 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 a good few years until it literally fell apart, <laughs> and uh, it, it 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 at the end it owed me nothing because it had uh, it, it had served its time, and uh, and uh, and I could say that'll do, pig. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean. I had a similar one. Uh, mine was blue. Yeah. Uh, three double A's on the one end. Uh, did yours have the thing where eject only worked if there was a tape in it? And if the tape wasn't in it, you had to open the door yourself manually? It might have been. I, that's I, how cheap mine was, was that it, the mechanism wasn't tied to the door. It was, it, was a, it was a little lever that would push out of the back of the cassette player against the cassette tape. That sounds right. Push yeah. that to open it up. That's right. So if yeah. there wasn't a cassette tape in it and the door was closed, you'd push eject and it wouldn't do well, anything. Well, because there was nothing to push it <laughs> there out. There was nothing exactly. there to push against, exactly. so you had to physically open it. Yeah, we had. I had one of those, and again, with this, the plastic strap, you wore around like a purse. And, Basically, uh, yeah. It... Uh, it eventually it spent its retirement years. I took some, uh, a couple of speakers that were like passive speakers that didn't require any power. Yeah. And uh, some cardboard and some duct tape, and I made this blob of the cassette little Walkman with the two speakers on the front, and it was my canoeing radio. So when I'd go out at night, I could take a tape with me, and I could float around with this thing in the bottom of the canoe, and it yeah. would. Fill with the fill it with air, or sorry, with with sound because it's it's a nice hull would kind of focus. That's the, right. The yes, little, yes. Nice little quiet lilting, uh, lilting cowboy junkies and other quiet. Very nice. You know, emo teenager stuff, and that <laughs> that was where that thing lived. I believe I still have it somewhere, taped up in a giant wad. Amazing. To see if I can find it somewhere. 
Amazing. Now, and then, of course, is it, its later uh, stage um, um, equivalent, uh, like things like the Sony Discman, and I did have one of those, mm-hmm. and I gave it away to uh, to uh, my friend's girlfriend when I got my first iPod. And, nah. uh, and, and, but I had that, that CD, that, uh, CD disc man with the, you know, with the shockwave protection, mm. um, and, uh, and it was fantastic. Um, recently, um, Jan doesn't have a CD player in her car. And okay. so she was looking for something like that. <coughs> well, let me tell you, of course, these things are hard to find. And, um, I eventually found a guy in London that was selling one for a reasonable price, and um, and so I got her that and an adapter to to, uh, to be able to uh, you know plug it into a charger, as well as have the uh, have it feed into the aux system on her uh, on her car. Uh, but but it was uh, you know I, I I had to claim victory for looking for very old technology, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know like. I gave that other one away maybe maybe 16 years ago yeah. um, and uh, and certainly in 2000 uh, there were a lot of they were plentiful and uh, but but then in 2001 the iPod came out and uh, and there was less and less yeah I still have my uh, I had a disc man but it was a disc man that also played mp3s Oh, nice. Uh, so we were playing MP3 CD, which meant that now I was carrying literally dozens of songs with me at all times. And this yeah. was very exciting. <laughs> well, it, it is. And that was, you know, that was, um, yeah. to me, that was a, a good idea of, of embracing that uh, technology. And I know, I think, I think my car CD player does, uh, does read those. And it's great because you could put a ton mm-hmm. of, of songs on a single disc. Yeah. And, and it, it, it wasn't concerned with the with the the audio time limit. No. Because you just put And it files had on. a little it had a little uh, the up the headphone jack there was a little control point that you could clip onto your messenger bag or whatever, but it doubled as a remote control and um, yes. you could skip traps tracks and you could select it and there was a little tiny readout on the control so it would tell you what folder you were in or what song you were playing. Oh, that's awesome. It was a great little thing. I love that thing and the the charger was magnetic. It snapped onto the outside, like you see on all the uh, on oh, the that laptops now. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I dug it, and I think eventually it just got to the point where the battery just wouldn't cooperate. It started to fade out. <laughs> well, that's what you run into with these things, right? Yeah. Is uh, it is definitely battery issues. And and it had no option to put in another battery. It had to be this type of battery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, but all of that brings up a great yeah, go ahead. other point, which was the when you go back to the Walkman days, it was it was all about the mixtape. Yeah, and oh, totally. That's a whole. I, it's something I miss to a certain degree because any playlist I make now, it's a fluid living document, which is great because it means I can make another one at any time. But it means I don't get those snapshot moments in my life. And I still have some mixed discs, I some agree. CDs, and, yeah. and some mixed tapes that I made that, um, you know, I I know them so well that I still expect to hear the songs in a certain order when I hear one of the songs. I expect to hear oh. the song come after it that I put on my, my mix. I do to this day. To, to this yeah. day, when I hear um, R.E.M.'s uh, um, 
um, what was it? Uh, Can't get there from here from uh, from Fables of the Reconstruction. I, I when it ends, I expect to uh, to hear Frank Zappa's uh, Peaches on Regalia come to come <laughs> on next, and and that's because I had a forty five minute me- Memorex cassette uh, that I put that on when I was fifteen years old, and that's the way I listened to those two songs, and that's what I expect to hear, and. Um, it's amazing oh, that, uh, the, the, like, the, the, I mean, that stuff is vivid. And I have, I have mixtapes uh, that I made in uh, late high school and uh, early uh, university where, it, where there was, like, you know, volume one and volume, you know, I would title yep. them. And there would be volume one and volume two and volume three and sometimes even a volume four uh, before I moved on to another title because it was a certain theme uh, I was looking to, to do. Absolutely. And, I, 100% the same. And, you know, people don't appreciate the work that had to go into those because you had to get the math just right. So you had to you had to figure out what songs you were putting on there. Then you had to convert them all to seconds so that you could figure out how many you could fit in there. Yeah. Then you decide whether or not you're including the gap between songs so that the auto music search feature would function on another cassette deck That's and you put right. it in yeah. so you could skip songs. And there was a there's a crap load of work that went into doing that. When you got it right, you, there was nothing prouder. I mean, you're, no rookie move here. You're not going to get to the end of the tape and have it stop in the middle of a song. Like, no way. You, so now you're trying to maintain mood and energy and tempo with whatever mix you're planning, but you've got to find the right song to fill that two-minute, 47-second exactly. gap at the end. Yes, exactly. And that became a real, a real challenge, a real battle. So when you could do it right, it was fantastic stuff. And, you, you know, there's some mixtapes out there that I'm still proud of to this day. Yeah, and it's funny and, because I, I don't get the same vibe on creating a, uh, a, you know, and I would do the same in creating C, uh, mixed CDs as well. Yes. Um, and because there was something about it where you would create like a label for it, basically, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a, uh, and it might be something as minimal as here's a list of the songs that are on here. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes can, you get all doodly and artsy with it. You get really get into it, and yeah. There's a there's a, a friend of um, uh, a friend of mine that, that I used to I used to work with. Uh, my actually, she used to work with my dad, and I worked at the at the lab that summer, or like my last summer of university. And we would talk about music a lot. And she did a couple of mixtapes uh, for me that I still listen to, where it was like you know like uh, you know like. Uh, lesser known versions of, of certain songs like for example instead of the live at Budokan version of I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick it's the actual album cut and oh, okay. with, the, with, the, with the honky-tonk piano solo on it and uh, and stuff like that like just like real neat finds and um and uh, and I I mean again I still have those and I for a while I, a long while I didn't have a functioning cassette deck anymore uh, my boombox had died, um, and uh, and the I was reduced to like taking my old uh, four track, my my old uh, uh, Fostex four track uh, recorder, and mm-hmm. uh, and using and you know setting it to uh, because it worked in high speed mode, and so it's setting it into normal mode so I could listen to something, and that was just untenable, and <laughs> so uh, so recently and so and I and I have boxes like like rubbermaid bins full of cassettes um and i recently uh uh my 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 drummer was like i i don't ever use this thing you want to you want to want to use it for a while and and and, yeah (laughs) so i've had that (laughs) since last summer and uh and and have been listening to a lot of stuff on that 
and um, but 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 the the, the mixtape was a, a whole different thing, and even the mix CD to a mm-hmm. to a lesser degree because there you knew like basically you know you'd pop it in and it'd tell you you don't have enough room take off this song okay now yeah. you got enough room, and uh, and there wasn't a, the the art of the of uh, you know of the of the turn of the of the sequence of the. Um, having just enough to fill that that cassette, it was a like you say, like you it, there was a there was an art and a science to it. Yeah. Well, and once you get to the mix CD, like you you said, it, it helped you do the math, but it also if you came up short, it wasn't like you had to sit through that two minutes of air. Yes, that, I mean, absolutely, it just stopped playing because the cassette tape was so finite and so specific. It wasn't that it was you had to be less than this. It was you had to be less than this, but. You wanted to be as close to it as possible. Otherwise, yes. you had you hit to the end of side B, and you have to fast forward a bunch before you come back to side A again. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. We, uh, friend of the show, Derek, um, took a bunch of his old mixtapes and he dubbed them in as MP3s, and he has them as one single forty-five minute MP3. Brilliant! That's bro- that and is brilliant. So yes, it, and he's titled them all by the same names that he titled the mixes back in the day. So he knows exactly what they are. Beautiful. And he can just hit play and away he goes. I yeah. think that's genius. I, I'd like to take the time to do that someday. Yeah. But. And, and, you know, and I, and I build specific, very specific playlists all the time. Uh, you know, cause we often will have things where, where we're, uh, we're, we're playing a show and we've got to, and we've got to put some music on during the breaks. Yeah. And um, and so I'll put some of those together, and I and I spend a lot. I put a lot of time into those, and I have you know different themed things. I also have things where it's like an alphabet mix, where mm-hmm. um, you where basically you know you you pick a you pick a song that starts with A, song that starts with B, and you go th- <laughs> and you go through like that, and it, it's a blast. And and then it's trying to come up with that with a, and this was something that a um, an old work colleague had. had posted as a challenge on on facebook once and and then i fell down this rabbit hole of creating these things and i've got a bunch of them and um and so you know but but the thing is they're 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 ephemeral because whereas i would listen to these mixes a lot um the the playlist is just becomes part of a whole bunch of playlists that i've got mm-hmm. and it's not as as in my face it's not something you're going to pull out of a shoebox someday and go, oh, look at this, and then turn to the person next to you and start explaining why it's so cool. Serious. Yeah, perfect. it's perfectly just not, said. Perfectly said. Not, not going to happen. And, and, yeah. and it's the intangibility of it that takes away from the, the overall experience, I think. It makes it less of a thing because it isn't a thing. It's, it's a virtual thing. Yeah, and this is where we yeah. ended up, you know, where, where we moved from the, the Walkman to the Discman to the uh, – um, so you, we've just kind of let ourselves on a little narrative here, um, <laughs> uh, which is great. Um, uh, you know, like like you know, when I got my first iPod um, yep. in two thousand three, early two thousand three, um, and um, that was the end of me listening to terrestrial radio. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I really haven't listened to, uh, aside from satellite radio, and even then it's only a, a few particular things, I haven't listened to radio in years. And uh, because I could just, I could, you know, have a, 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 whole, a whole ton of songs on that and, you know, let it shuffle or do the playlist thing. And, uh, and that's what I would listen to in the car. And that really continues although i've kind of gone back into uh you know you know i've got a a six disc changer in my car so 
I tend to throw in a bunch of CDs and and uh, and I'll listen to that, but not nearly as often as I'm listening to to uh, my my now my iPhone. Mm-hmm. But uh, but so I had I had a second generation. Um, so before they had the click wheel uh, uh, of the iPod that I had. So the the first generation was the just the actual physical buttons, and then the second one was where you had the sort of touch surface, and um, but it wasn't clickable. Okay. And then the next version was when they came up with the click wheel, and we still have that click wheel uh, iPod. Uh, I gave I gave it to Jan um, like you know early days early days that we had met and uh, and uh, basically i got uh, an ipod with video because that's what it was called ipod with video mm-hmm. um and uh, so i gave i gave her my my old one which i had uh, and and i think i had the original one but then i won one at a sales meeting and um and that one is still it still works and uh and you know Jan still has it and the the iPod video that I I got um um uh, still works as well and I I in fact I have it hooked into the car system and so sometimes I'll listen to stuff on there and every now and then I'll I'll fill new stuff on it because I like using that because I know that I, that I don't have to worry about uh about a data connection right yeah, it. Uh, I I think my first iPod was the video actually yeah. as well, um, which was very exciting. Oh, absolutely! Now I had video wherever I wherever I went. Oh my God, this is brilliant! This is all I've ever wanted in life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can watch stuff on this very very tiny screen, um, and but yeah, it still works. I mean the. Um, you know, I actually think that the battery life on it is still pretty decent. Um, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really pleased with it. It's uh, it's worked really well, and um, and but yeah, for the most part, it's in the glove box that hooks up to the uh, the uh, the UConnect system, and uh, and so I can I can switch over to it, and uh, and I and so I put a few playlists on that, and again, it's it's often the ones that I'm using for uh, for in between sets on uh, at gigs, and. Sure. Uh, um, but even that, even those got kind of, you know, there was the uh, the iPod Classic that had even more disk space because it was a hard drive. And, and that was the thing that separated it because I remember my first MP3 player was a Diamond Rio, which was sort of the first big commercial uh, um, MP3 player because um, um, that was when the RIAA um, tried to sue them out of existence. Hmm. And uh, and so I had one of those, and it didn't have a whole lot of space, but it did have. You could put all. You could add a memory card to it to give you more space. And um, and I had that, and then I had the later the the Rio Five, and I still have that. But uh, I'll be damned if I can find anything that will. Uh, you know, there's a song on there, and I keep it around, and I keep it charged because there's a, a song that a friend of mine had recorded years ago. Uh, that even he doesn't have anymore, and I've tried my best to to actually get that file off the thing, but I can't. Um, you know, there's just nothing because it's no longer supported. And uh, oh, we can get it off there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll just play it out and recapture it through the headphone jack. 
oh, well, I mean, I can do that, but I'm trying to get okay. the actual digital file off as opposed oh. to having to go through an analog conversion because I'm that nerdy. Yeah. Well, that is also, how old's the thing? Oh, my gosh. I've, I've had it uh, easily 20 years. Okay. I've got a, uh, I've got a, a little mixer that records two, uh, two iPods, and as a result, it serves as kind of a funky iPod dock. Oh, that's neat. That, uh, when connected, can give you some level of access to it. So maybe? Well, this is a diamond right. reel, though. It has a different... Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no, no. My All my iPods, uh, that that's that I've got no problem with. That I can... Yeah. That's easy because you can you can just access it as a disc. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I have that and, and, you know, use the heck out of those and... Um, um yeah so so the, the but the and then the iPod eventually gave way to the iPhone and uh and I and I love that I can create uh you know create playlists on on my phone and listen to them and that's that's all awesome um but again it's like you say like we said earlier like the the, the mixtapes and mix CDs like that's that that was there was a a certain art to all that um that that has sort of yeah. uh that has been diminished with each technological uh innovation. I, I each each technological innovation that makes it easier for you to do yep as it becomes easier to do uh i think there's less value in the accomplishment and so we totally. don't totally. we don't uh value them in the same way yeah yeah so i think we've run the uh we've run the gamut on we've beaten a, that to death on uh, on the music stuff um <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I do still have a, t- a turntable and uh, and uh, and a lot of, uh, of records on vinyl. My kids, I was determined that my kids will not be a what's a record, <laughs> and uh, so so they know they know what that is, and um, and we'll, we'll we'll use it we use it often on the weekends, uh, and uh, and that sort of thing. Well, we've got I, I, for. Put wrapping up all of the music section. Yeah. I, I still have the radio that I bought in college with my Ontario Stereo Assistance Program. Oh, money. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Panasonic Mash RXDT seventy five. Nice. Looks like the front of a Trans Am. There you go. And uh, uh, it's got a flip top lid, uh, two <laughs> cassettes. Yeah. And uh, the flip top lid, you can set it to sensor, so you just wave your hand and it. I'll lift the lid and start playing automatically. Nice. Uh, CD drawer at the front. None of this flip top stuff. It's an actual mechanized drawer, so it's something else that can break that hasn't yet. Not good. Very nice. Yeah. Whole bunch of fancy EQs, some auxiliary in and outs on the back for extra dubbing and use. And uh, I love that little thing. Oh yeah. Now it's not that little by today's standards. Yeah. But it's still sitting in the living room proudly, and my brother has the same one. He's still got his up and running. It's nice. Good stuff. Yeah, and see, I still have my um, like. I mean, you know that that system with the cassette player and everything. I still have my component, my um, techniques um, uh, amplifier, and uh, and the CD player died at some point. Um, but I've got that. Like, we still have that. We have it hooked up to the TV in the up uh, upstairs, and. Um, and nice. and and yeah and so in the mornings we'll you know we'll we'll uh you know sunday morning that's our uh that's our pop on uh, pop on the cbc and uh and listen to that for uh during breakfast and and that sort of thing um uh-huh. yeah yeah and, it, and that still all works very well and you know i got that oh 
I'm afraid to say how long ago, um, but it's yeah, I, we're talking around not far off thirty years, and uh, with the exception of the CD player, it all still works very well. That's fantastic. Ah, uh, yes. Right love on. That. Love that. Yeah, and I had a I had a disc changer in the car. I think it was a ten or a twelve. I think it was Pioneer. Yeah. And um, my brother got it for me and set it up. He put it into the armrest of the car. I had one of those armrests with the where you lift the yes. lift the armrest up and you had a whole thing where you could store stuff. And in this case, we lifted it up and he cut the base of that out so that that's where the CD changer was. Brilliant. So it was all hidden and nobody could see it, but I knew where it was. Yeah. And you could load 12 discs up there and I had a little it had a little control on a on a cord that you'd lift out of there and you'd velcro to the dashboard and you could control what disc you were on and what track you were on and it would tell you the names as it went and Woo. Exactly. High tech. High tech. It was like driving around a night rider. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. so changing over to uh, to CDs. What was the first CD you bought? Do you remember? Uh, it was In My Tribe by Ten Thousand Maniacs. And Very the nice. funny thing was that when I bought it, um, we didn't have a CD player in the house. But it was <laughs> the only way that that album was available to me at the store that was in my neighborhood. And so I bought the CD, took it to a friend's house who had a CD player. Dubbed it onto cassette, yeah. brought the CD home and put it on the shelf, and then wouldn't play it again for another three years until I got a CD player. Well, and it's funny because I, I I came late to the CD player thing because, uh, of, you know, I had a friend who was change, starting to change over all his collection. And I actually benefited greatly by getting a lot of his old records when he got them on CD, and uh, which was awesome. And um, uh, but 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 I didn't actually get my first CD player until after I finished university, and hmm. um, and so you know in my dorm room I had a record player and a bunch of records there, and uh, and, and 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 a cassette player as well, um, and so I don't think uh, well well okay so the first CD that I got was the Last Action Hero uh, soundtrack. Woo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that that puts a date on it, huh? Yeah. Um, and the but the the first you know non soundtracky kind of thing. Although I think in that same in that next purchase, I got um, the um, remastered version of uh, uh, Axis Bold as Love by Jimi Hendrix. Okay. And in that same shopping trip, also got the Wayne's World two soundtrack. <laughs> nice. Um Okay, and um, what is the first record you remember, or the first album you remember buying? Like record album? Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Um, I think I got the Cars for a birthday present. Um, first album? I think so. Yeah. And uh, it's still, it's probably still in the, uh, still in the collection of records of my parents. At this yeah, point. that is uh, that's uh, that's actually the 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 only vinyl I have of the cars at this stage is is that one that I and I bought mine in uh, you know early eighties. It's it's either I mean that's the first like you know grown up air quotes album before mm-hmm. that it would have been like mini pops and right uh, yeah kind of and thing, for me you know? i i delineate between when when the uh 
um, you know, the, the, the prob- one of the early records that I got would have been the Muppet movie soundtrack. Oh, yes. Which, by the way, still have. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the first album I bought was uh, Zenyatta Mondata by The Police. That's the one with da-da-da-da-da-da and Don't Stand So Close to Me and all that stuff on it. Um, and uh, so I bought that. And then right after that, I bought Abacab by Genesis. And uh, again, of a time. Um, okay. Um, all right. So, th- so we've covered all, all the, the music kind of stuff. Video consumption. Oh, boy. Um, well, the, the big one for me was the VCR. There was nothing more magical yeah. than a VCR as far as I was concerned. Um, when my parents first got one. It just blew my mind that we could watch a movie on demand. We could watch one because we oh, yeah. wanted one. Or we could tape something and watch it again, which meant I could watch the A-Team twice. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. because blown. Bef- before that, I had basically rented um, the video disc player from the library so that I could watch Wrath of Khan on it. And I was kind of blown <laughs> away enough by that. Um, yep. You know, I think when we rented it first, I think we had Wrath of we rented Wrath of Khan or borrowed Wrath of Khan, uh, the verdict starring Paul Newman, um, and oh, and Cabaret, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, how old were you when when the VCR first made its way into the house? Um. Boy, maybe, maybe eight. Okay. Okay, so maybe around the same time frame. Guessing now. there, um, it's what's that? Like that's about eighty-one ish, eighty-two. Oh, so you you guys were early. No, it doesn't sound like us then. <laughs> oh no, no well, no, because the first thing I remember, I, I remember recording on the VCR when we got it, our our first VCR, which we had for many years, top loader. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was, um, the first thing that I remember recording on it because I learned how to use it right away and, uh, you know, figured it all out. First thing I recorded on it was the world premiere of we are the world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And, uh, and I can remember later that year buying a bunch of, of, of video cassettes so that I could record as much as possible of Live Aid. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had cassettes on top of cassettes on top of cassettes and recorded everything. And I was making like a backup library in case network went down. We had, I, because we didn't have cable as kids, I, yeah. whenever I could get access to music videos, I recorded them like crazy. Yeah. Um, so that meant, you know, the half hour that uh, CBC had a show on after work, the, the the Chum 30 countdowns on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. And, that and kind of thing. John Major on Toronto Rocks. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And then in the uh, – every year on New Year's Day, I was inevitably at somebody's house following a New Year's party the night before, and I'd bring a tape because they'd do their countdown of the hits of the year. Yes. And that was my one window to grab them all. And so – I had all of these, um, I had all these, uh, uh, these, these tapes and tapes of music videos and we used to have a running tally going on in the, in the event that, uh, 
uh, that much music went down. If I got down there with my cassette tapes, how long could I keep the network up and running before I had to rerun a video? <laughs> oh, look at you. Nice. <laughs> at one point, we were up to over 48 hours. I had, I had two days of continuous wow. programming, which at the time was more than they had. So <laughs> I thought that was Absolutely. Uh, that was bragging rights right there. But there were so many tapes. I'm still sitting on a bunch with the delusion that I'm going to um, you know, copy things over or, or yeah. you know, import them in some way. And I haven't even done the home videos yet, let alone you know stuff from... Yeah, we we, TV. we have a couple of VCRs running in the house, and um, I have one of them actually right next to me. It's a it's a, a Toshiba uh, VCR that I bought uh, in 1995, mm-hmm. and um, I think I might have talked about this. Uh, uh, I did talk about this when we did the Kevin Smith episode. Uh, how uh, when I worked for Pizza Hut, I had the uh, the the guy next door ran the um, video store. And he was the one who came in to me and said, "You got to see this movie. It's us." Um, <laughs> and um, and and so I bought this at that store uh, because I I wanted one of my own and um, and and it still works. I, you know, I, I, it still works to this day. And I actually have on top of the the, the little TV set, the little CRT TV set that sits a, atop it. Um, I, I can see Animaniacs. To, uh, one which is a pink a pinky in the brain one and then a regular animaniacs one um, the movie pie <laughs> um, the adventures of captain marvel which is uh, uh, one of the old republic uh, uh, shazam uh, serials oh. um, and the crusaders which <laughs> is which stars peter rios brian deemer and all the guys from comic geek speak basically and uh, and so these are these are some of the cassettes that I have sitting next to me, as well as the Kiss MTV Unplugged. But that's just what I have in here because there are boxes of them in the garage, yeah. And uh, including a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know I've got like music videos from the uh, um, you know from the from the early eighties, and uh, and I have when um, when City TV came to. Uh, uh, ta- to record the um, the air band dance at uh, at my high school, and my mm-hmm. friends and I did uh, Power Station doing uh, Bang a Gong, and um, it was uh, and so we actually were 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 in the segment, and it they showed it on Toronto Rocks, and mm-hmm. so I have that which went straight into Sarah by uh, by Jeff by Starship. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and I've got, but I've got a, I, I also have a bunch of, uh, of, of, you know, sections of, of stuff on much music. And, uh, yeah. and so, you know, every now and then you'll see the, oh, there's Bill Wilichka and <laughs> yeah. you get the, the, uh, I had a bunch of the much music spotlights recorded for different bands. Yeah. So you'd get some of their interviews with different VJs from back in the day. The, yeah. I was, I was religious about recording some shows, and I had all the friends, uh, the full run of friends, yes. recorded on 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 video tape. And there was one when they went into syndication; they were finally re-airing the series, and it was leading up to the episode I'd been missing, which was the second episode of the first season. Yeah. And um, the problem was that we knew when it was going to air, but 
there was, <laughs> uh, we were between televisions at the house that I was living at with a buddy and mm-hmm. we had a new TV coming. It just wasn't there yet. And so we had live cable signal coming into the house, but we didn't have anything to display it on. So I fed the cable signal through the VCR, did the audio out into the auxiliary in of the aforementioned uh, stereo that I had. Nice. And then we sat around the radio like it was 1940 (laughs) and listened to an episode of Friends. And I recorded it without the commercials by being able to pause every time it went to break. Yeah. Based solely on the audio cues, <laughs> and you know, there's, there's see for me now. I I think of the um, you know I have like one of my uh, uh, I think I've got sort of most of season three of Buffy on uh, on on a ta- on a couple of tapes, and um, and it's kind of neat to see those commercials now. Yes, and uh, and and that's one of the things that I kind of like about that. And I've got a bunch of. Uh, yeah, just a ton of stuff on on uh, on VHS, and it's it's more the um, the self the stuff I recorded that I'm in, more interested in keeping. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, we got Titanic here. Eh, I can find that. Um, uh, but uh, but it's that stuff that 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 I recorded off the TV that mm-hmm. that TV movie that that was never seen again or or, or whatever. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I and that that to me holds a tremendous amount. And of... I I worked so hard to, you know, take out the commercials when recording things, and I, I did that as now, well. And I, I kind of regret it sometimes. Anytime that I find one and it's there, it's 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 more enjoyable when the commercials are there because you oh, see some yeah. old ads that you've forgotten about, and it's a uh, it's amazing how there's nostalgic value in the weirdest things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So. Um, when it came to uh, VHS, it was less of a thing to get. Uh, it, it was a while before you could really get, um, you know, you, you could rent this stuff in the video store, but, what, but, but to actually own it wasn't mm. as common early on. Uh, do you remember the first thing that you bought as a pre-recorded uh, video cassette? Oh, boy. Wow. Or what is the first one that you remember getting? <sighs> that is a really good question. Um, I think it might have been through that giveaway they did that summer at uh, McDonald's. Nice. Where you could, uh, if you uh, paid like four bucks or something with your Big Mac meal, you could pick one of four videotapes, take a movie home. And I think it was Field of Dreams. Um, oh, wow. From, yeah, yeah. From McDonald's. Uh, that might have been one of the first. Very but, nice. Yeah. For me, I believe it was um, a, a, a copy of the British show The Young Ones, hmm. um, and which uh, which starred Rick Mail, uh, the late Rick Mail, and um, I got that. That's the first one I remember uh, buying, and you know, and I. Uh, bought a bunch over the years um you know and uh, and there and and i have like the uh, i was looking through one of the boxes the other day in fact and i, f- I found you know the the uh, bootleg of the roger corman fantastic four uh the <laughs> the unaired um um justice league uh pilot 
I have both those. Yeah, right? yeah. So I picked up. Yeah, I picked up those at Fan Expo. Do you have the yeah. unaired Buffy pilot? I do not. Oh, it's a different Willow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. right. That's very weird. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, but that's but and and so that's all a thing, right? And uh, yeah. and so, but but it was it was the young ones was the first one that I got, and I and as I say, I was looking through a bunch of them the other day, and it's uh, you know, and there's some that it's like, well, that's neat that I have that, uh, or or it'll be like a hey, they don't have that on DVD, and um, although I don't know that that's true because I think now they have pretty much everything and on some uh, some really shitty quality quality DVD. <laughs> It is showing up. There was a TV show in the uh, mid-90s that I thought I was the only person to ever even seen called Space Rangers. I think they went eight episodes. And yeah. I was over at a buddy's place last week, and he was showing me some – he grabbed a fistful of DVDs that he had that he thought I'd be interested in. And the last one in the pile was Space Rangers. And I lost my mind because I didn't even think it – like, who even knew this existed, let alone that it went to DVD? Seriously. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really unexpected to find it. And it's again, it's one that I still have a VHS tape somewhere with three episodes yeah. of it because I thought it was the only way that it was ever going to see the light of day again was that totally. I was holding this last piece of it. It was, uh, God, it was weird. Goodness. The, uh, that was the, the thing that, Clint Howard is the doctor. Yeah, that's the one. Wow. Yeah. And nobody, I, I think the thing that gets lost in all this is the appreciation of the rental process. And that in a yeah, world let's of talk Netflix, about that for, for where a you just yeah. push anything where you go, the, nobody seems to appreciate what a Friday night used to be, which was figuring out who was coming over or where you were going, and then who was grabbing the movies, yeah. movie or movies. And that meant that you had to divide and conquer. Now, this is a pre-cell phone world. So yeah. once you've split up into your parties, you don't reconvene or speak to each other until you gather at whatever endpoint it is, and you have to trust that everybody did what they're supposed to do, which means whoever's grabbing snacks better not screw up. You'd already better have had the pizza argument so that that's under control. And then the group that goes to get the rental has to hit the store and potentially if it's not there, has to hit a second location to see if there's something that you're trying to find specifically. you got to find either the big places that have the big walls for the new releases and yeah. you're going down the sea of cassette boxes, but it's whether or not the tape's behind them as to whether or not it's there. Yeah. And uh, do you remember Jumbo Video had the popcorn? That's right, yes. So if you went to Jumbo Video, you got a bag of popcorn while you wandered around looking at movies. And then you got into the whole practice of uh, if somebody puts a box down and walks away, well, that's fair game, so you can snatch that back up. And you're, trying, you're holding ones that you think you're going to get until you find the one that you decide. Yes. But you might be carrying five knowing that you're only going to take two, well, but and, you're and, still arguing with yourself. And, and, you know, for me, it much, much like um, – much like uh, I find when I look at the Netflix screen and it's like, you know, really it's like we spend like 20 minutes just trying to find something to watch. That was yep. the same process at the video store, too. Um, that part feels the same. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, and as I say, like I used to always pop over to the uh, video store next door when I got out of university and I would I would, uh, you know, rent stuff there. And uh, or I'd say to Jeff, you know, hey, hey, can you hold on to this for me? And I'd go next door and it'd be all set all set aside for me. <laughs> um, but but after that, my, um, uh, you know, one of one of my closest friends, he uh, um, while he was in college, started working at Video Flicks at uh, Young and Lawrence. And hmm. 
And so we, so when I was living with him, he would always like come home with screeners. And so it's like, yeah, this isn't even out yet. And, uh, but it would also be like, like stuff that you, you, you hadn't heard of. And, uh, and so he would, uh, he would come back with a ton of stuff all the time. And, uh, and so I, so I really got spoiled with that as well. Well, and that was the other angle was that because we were all teenagers at the time, it meant that there was a good chance that you knew somebody was working behind the counter. Yeah. And if you knew somebody was working behind the counter, hey, what's back in the return bin? Cause yes. Yes. It was like library books. You had to drop them off through a hole in the wall and they That's sat in right. a bin until somebody scooped them up, put them back on the shelf. So if you could circumvent that process and get ahead of it, you could maybe catch something coming out of the bin that you were looking for. There was yeah. a whole process to it, a whole art. And, um, once again, it comes back to that when you have to work for something, you appreciate it more. And yeah. a good evening that involved, you know, two cars going in opposite directions to secure everything that you needed for the night to then regather again um, just made that hangout all the all the better. All the absolutely, all the absolutely, yeah. Um, and I remember the um, we had a, a place in town here that. Uh, um, was kind of one of the last um, video rental places, uh, um, you know, and it, 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 it's certainly around here. And uh, um, and it closed down maybe four years ago, and or maybe less than that actually. Like they held out a lot longer than most, mm-hmm. and they were they were the place where you could get like the all the Criterion Collection stuff, and uh, and you know they had their they had the uh, the mainstream stuff, but they also had the deep cuts where it's like, yeah, I want to watch some, some, uh, some old French new wave cinema. And it's like, yeah, we got yeah. that. And, uh, and that was another thing is that when you found, um, a store like that, and there was one that used to be out behind, um, honest eds, um, hmm. that I, I remember getting a lot of really cool stuff from. So on Markham street, um, is that maybe on the West of it, there yeah. were a couple of, Good places there with really deep shelves and yes, cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's I, a uh, was it Bay Bay Video Bay Street Video, uh, whatever the heck it is. It's there's one still that's out there that's got everything. <laughs> yeah, like this place was right across the street from the Beguiling. Yes, and, yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, and it was fantastic. I I you know I got a lot of great uh, you know old seventies grindhouse stuff like uh, Vanishing Point and. Um, and you know just some some great car movies um yeah yeah neat some neat stuff for sure um okay so we covered dvds we covered the whole rental thing i mean that was uh such part of the process (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and it's it's you know it's just you know i mean now that said we will occasionally if something isn't uh isn't available on on netflix or uh, on our TV on demand, we will we will do the odd rental from uh, from iTunes, and you know where and uh, and it's still pretty reasonable. You know, it's less than five bucks, and um, and basically you have it you have it for a week, but once you start watching it, you've got forty eight hours. Yeah, and, it's an interesting system. Yeah, and so we 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 will do that often as well. You know, where where it's like the kids want to see such and such, and it's like you know, and it's it's. You know, in many cases, it's locked behind the Disney vault, and mm-hmm. um, and so we've 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 rented them, and uh, and that's that's been kind of fun, um, but it's again, it's not the same. Hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know that I've, I don't think I've rented, um, I don't think that I've rented from, from iTunes. That's, uh, Netflix was the the big game changer for streaming for oh, me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And and I mean, we we have done that mainly because we have uh, we have an Apple TV, and uh, and have for quite some time. And so that's been kind of part of the thing. Like you know, it's like sure. it, it, it you know for the most part it gets used for Netflix. But uh, you know, I've got my my digital movie collection uh, on there as well. As, mm-hmm. as well as being able to uh, to rent stuff uh, on it, which is which is kind of handy sometimes. But I mean, the number of times that we've done that, it, it, I could still count them on one hand and not and and have fingers left over. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's not that often, but it's handy when it does. And um, yeah, so we've done that. We've done that a, a, a few times. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, Netflix is definitely the, uh, yeah. And it's hard to argue that that's not a huge improvement and watching the way the, um, the cable and, and, uh, satellite type networks are trying to keep up with Netflix functionality that, you know, on on my bell five, I can record shows with my PVR, but then I can also download them and take them with me on my app. Same way that you can with a, um, same way that you can with, with Netflix now where you can take it with you which is fantastic for my commutes yeah yeah for sure means i'm reading a lot less but uh <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lovely distraction on the subway because once you're underground and you've lost your network signal oh my god that's yeah, exactly uh, that's rough for sure yeah. um okay so we've covered uh we've, we've covered uh video audio um um I- I would. Uh, what what else have you got on your list? Uh, I had with gaming system. Um, I specifically pulled my uh, uh, of all the games of my past. I went N sixty four. Yeah. That just that that time that window and um, games had moved beyond. Initially, I struggled a lot with early video games because it was just. We're okay. Do this. Okay, now we're gonna do it faster. We're gonna do it faster. We're gonna keep doing it faster until you can't do it, and then you lose. And right. then you're gonna um, yell at the game and smack the controller, and you're gonna sent to your room to think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I played, I knew how it was gonna end. <laughs> it was me right. sitting in my room, angry at those stupid space invaders. Um, so when when the N64 came out, you had four controllers. You still had that thrill of putting a cartridge in there. I never yeah. really enjoyed the discs as much as you take a cartridge you put it in there you get clunk and you turn it on yeah and um, you, you you and you feel it click in the right way yes yeah right again it's a tactile physical experience yes very much uh instead of two controls you had four so you could play with more friends um and you got into games like uh mario kart and um mario kart and GoldenEye and uh, uh mario party and all these games where you were playing against um you're playing against your friends. Yeah. And so that, that made it easier. It wasn't an AI thing and it wasn't a, just go faster until you can't and then you lose. Yeah. Um, and then my, one of my favorite games, uh, we had this on last night, actually plugged into the projector in the basement just to, just to, uh, dabble in the, the old school fun. Yeah. Um, and I loaded up pilot wings, which was one of my favorite. It was, you, uh, you were this little animated dude and you would fly a hang glider or you would fly a, uh, 
little gyrocopter or uh, some of them was just a skydiving one. And you're, yeah. you're, uh, you skydive with other divers and you're trying to get into right formations and then you have to land and hit the bullseye. And uh, it was just a great collection of games. It was a solo game and it was um, the graphics weren't bad. They were pretty good, but they weren't bad by yeah. N64 standards. And it was the earliest version of a sandbox type experience that I remember from that game system where it was just, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to go for a little uh, hang glide right now. And nice. as long as you catch, keep catching the thermals, you can go indefinitely if you want. And there's gentle music playing in the background and you're just floating around in your little hang glider and everything is right in the world. And that was something that I didn't get from a lot of the games at that point. So that's why I'm going N64. Right age, right time. I had the nice. right income to be able to buy stuff that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, I was living in a house with a bunch of other people, so it meant that there was no shortage of other players. Yeah. Uh, it was just that perfect moment of um, of my life meeting uh, a piece of technology. <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't have I didn't have any of these sort of early. Um, early days um, video systems. I um, my sister. I remember her once, oh, like when when in the early eighties, uh, saving up for uh, a ColecoVision. Ah uh, yes. And I think it was that. That's the yeah. one that had the controller that um, had the keypad on it. Yeah, I th- I seem like a phone with a joystick on the yeah, top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's the one, um, and so she had that, um, but that was in her room, so I didn't really play much of it. Um, the first one that I owned myself was the Sega Genesis, ah. and I got that, and I got Sonic the Hedgehog, and I remember uh, my fr- and so I bought that around when I went in, maybe when I was in like second year of university or something. And, um, so had that and, uh, and I remember, oh yeah, the first year, the first summer that I came back from school, um, I, I remember coming back from work one day and, and, and realizing that my mom was an expert on, at Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) and, um, and you know, she would, she would just like, I'll just play one, I'll just play one, one round and, um, and then would keep going. And so she got really good at it. And that was uh, my mom with Tetris. Yeah, well, well, she was good with that too because my sister um, had then, after the ColecoVision, you know, was wasn't her thing anymore. She got a Nintendo and she had Tetris, and uh, and they would play that. And uh, and my mom would have that thing of the I, I can see it in front of my eyes all the time. You know, it's like I'm looking at this person thinking I could fit the. Uh, the L-shaped piece right there, and um, and yeah, that it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like that. That's uh, yeah. so. That's a, that's the a thing. My, my mom, mom had as well. Tetris fever hard, and hers yeah. was that if if you got a high score, she would then sit down and keep playing until she pushed you off the high score, so that all that's ten awesome. were hers. Yeah, she got insanely protective of the high scores in Tetris, and Fantastic. to the point where maybe dinner uh, wasn't happening on anything resembling a usual schedule tonight <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah. And anybody who has an issue with that is welcome to address it themselves but mom's not done yet yeah <laughs> so, okay yes ma'am <laughs> yeah and for me the next system i got was a ps2 uh-huh. and um and uh and i and and i had that for 
a, a number of years. I think I got rid of it maybe uh, maybe around when we moved, uh, a little while after we moved into this house where it was just like uh, too much stuff and stuff's mm-hmm. got to go. And so, so that one, because I always found for me, I would play a game for a little while and then uh, wouldn't touch it for ages. And, uh, uh, but I was never, you know, and when I say for a little while, I mean like a few days where I'd be like all about, oh, I'm going to try this again. And, uh, and then off I'd, and then I'd, I'd kind of fall off that. And uh, one of the ones I really liked though, was they, they did an ultimate Spider-Man game, uh, that was, that was a sandbox game. Right. And I was far less interested in doing the missions, um, uh, that, than I was just having, uh, have, having Peter swing around, uh, New York City. I'm making my way over to Queens to Aunt May's house, and um, uh, I, I enjoyed that much, much more than doing any of the of the mission stuff because that that just bored me. But oh man, swinging around the city like that it was a it was a glorious thing. That was my thing with Grand Theft Auto on the PS2. Yes, that, that too. Yeah, uh, I was supposed to be doing all these criminal stuff, and I was like, yeah, just gonna go for a drive. And then eventually discovered that if you stole a police car, then you could kick it into vigilante mode and you had to chase somebody down. And that That's was right. far more exciting. So that oh, was yeah. the way I lived that yeah. constantly was just driving around chasing down bad guys. Yeah, and I had all those. I actually bought the uh, the PS2 because I um, was at the time selling a bunch of, uh, of video, video game strategy guides. And so it's like, huh, this looks like fun. I'd really like to try this. And so, so that was what I got mainly because of the catalog of games. Hmm. And um, and yeah, so so you know, I, I had that for a number of years and a, and a ton of games. And then and then it, that went away. And and then Jan and I got a Wii, mm-hmm. a Nintendo Wii, which we still have. In fact, I was doing Wii stuff things with uh, with the girls just yesterday. And uh, we've started, you know, we've we've created uh, avatars for them, and um, and I still have a, a handful of games, but we we mainly use the uh, the Wii Fit, and um, and uh, I I actually pulled out a uh, destroy all humans uh, yesterday while I was waiting for the girls to get ready for karate. And uh, and it was it was kind of fun to play that for a bit. I always found the the controller system for the Wii to be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, the, putting it mildly, and uh, and still do, but the, but with the you know we I I had a, a great time playing uh, Wii Fit games with the girls, you know, and we would do the body test and uh, and work on our balance and all that kind of stuff, and it it, it was a ton of fun, and uh, and continues to be so so that that one uh, is the what that it turns out to be the system that I've had for the longest. Uh, because we bought that just before Ella was born, hmm. and um, and so it's uh, you know we've had it for for just over ten years, and wow. uh, and it and it's it still gets its use. Yeah, we downstairs we still have uh, Atari twenty six hundred. Wow, Coleco Vision. Nice. Um, there's an original Nintendo. It's not functional. It needs a. It's got a problem with the cartridge reader yeah uh super nintendo nintendo 64 a playstation 1 a playstation 2 an xbox 360 and an xbox one and i think that's the whole lot of them and then i've got one of those raspberry pi emulator things that plays a bunch of the old 
uh, Nintendo and Sega. Oh, that's games. neat. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun, and I'd love to get it into a position where I could set these things up and play a little more, but they're all still kind of waiting for my attention and waiting for some kind of setup to be created. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that becomes the thing, and and I find that you know, like uh, uh, when I got rid of the um, um, the uh, uh, the the PS2 and got rid of all those games, you know, what the one thing that I kind of held on to was um, um, the fact that well, I can play uh, I can play all of the Grand Theft Autos on uh, on my iPad. And uh, and do that on occasion, but much like any video game, I find I play for a few days and then I leave it for a long time, sometimes over a year, and then I'll come back to it and play, you know, for a couple of days, pretty solid, and then leave it for a long time, and uh, and that seems to work out well for me. So, hmm. yeah, and it's, I think it's interesting because we, we this whole thing was supposed to be under the umbrella of you know, uh, like technologies that have you know, been eliminated or gone the way of yeah. the dodo or whatever. And, and video games are the ones where you still hang on to them, I think, compared to some of the other things. Uh, very true. Very true. And that, and that's because they are so tied to what they are. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, one of the things that, uh, that really, uh, hurt the music business in the, in the early nineties, you know, everyone was like, Oh yeah, it was Napster. It was Napster. And it's like, yes, that's part of it. But there's also the fact that everybody got their uh, their umpteenth copy of the White Album, and uh, <laughs> and so you know the 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 thing people forget is that that this you know the CD business um, spent a, a, a good long time, and and it, and it happened with DVDs as well, where it's like oh I can get this now oh I'm gonna get that, and uh, and same with uh, with. Um, uh, with CDs where it was like, okay, now I'm replacing my entire music collection with, with CD versions of it. And they had that for a while and yeah. they got used to that. And then of course, like at some point people aren't replacing a collection anymore. Now they're just buying the regular stuff. So, so you got to double dip for a while and wasn't that special. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and so, but with video games, it's very different because um, they, they, they move on. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's like the next thing, you know, there, there are the, there are the odd reissues, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, yeah, we did Zelda and now we've got a new version of Zelda or we did, um, you, you know, we did Grand Theft Auto and now we're on to Grand Theft Auto 85 or, or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, uh, um, and so that's kind of the thing that ends up happening is that, that you know, it's like I want to play the original version of Metal Gear Solid, so I have to have this particular system to be able to play that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and and the, and so I think that's one of the things that that kind of lies into that is that that I can I can get you know it's like oh my my Animaniacs uh, VHS tape here, well that's okay I can get a better version on DVD and. Um, that has you know like a full season or a full a whole bunch of them as opposed to what they could fit on a on a video cassette, and um, whereas with that video game it's you know basically now you kind of had to have that cartridge. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'd like to get some of the old ones up and running again. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 neat to go back and 
give these things a play while they still run. And that's yeah. the thing, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've covered most of the pop culture areas of technology. Yeah. Um, head over to uh, our our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash popandcrap, P-O-P-N-C-R-A-P. Tell us what old technology you have that, that you miss um, or ways that you used to uh, consume media. What was the first thing in that format that you bought? Uh, let us know. Um, oh, one other one I want to talk about is mini discs. Mm-hmm. This was going to be the thing, right? These uh, yes. and and I, I I still I have a Sony mini disc player and um, nice. In fact, still branded as a Walkman, um, <laughs> and uh, and so I could record stuff on it. So I used to use that. I think most of the stuff I've got recorded is like you know band rehearsals and that and that kind of thing. Um, I used it more for that because it was like, oh, I can get a really good copy of that of that thing recorded, and uh, still have it. Haven't used it in years, um, but have a bunch of discs and uh, and I kind of you know bought up a bunch of them while they were still available. <laughs> um, but I didn't use it for um, you know making music mixes or any of that stuff. Although I could, you know, because I could run an optical cable out of the the stereo into into that thing and uh and get a, a fully digital recording and it it's pretty neat but again um you know it just i just don't get around to it hmm. yeah it uh through the end of my college time there i had some stuff recorded on uh, digital audio tape ah uh, yes dats they were like Dat. little mini cassettes and they looked like the mini camcorder cassettes they do but they yeah, weren't. yeah they were only audio and that's right to find anything you can play those back on now is just impossible no it absolutely is um and let me tell you i i we bought um when ella was born we bought a video camera and it was just before they moved all of those to to fully digital and so I have the the mini camcorder tapes, but I went looking for uh, for one a little while back, and it's like you can't find them anywhere. Um, and uh, and so it's kind of a hmm. I guess I could, uh, you know, do I really need those uh, all of the the raw footage of those old hockey strike episodes? I'm not so sure. um so yeah you know but but all that stuff sits in the same closet with it's it's in the one um uh drawer and then in the drawer below it is all the mini disc stuff (laughs) (laughs) all right have you got a pop of the uh, pop of the week sir i do indeed uh i have fallen down the happy little well that is uh, uh the dodo it's a channel on YouTube, and mm. it's the one that you see in your Facebook feed all the time with all the little animal rescues and stuff. And uh, it's it's an emotional roller coaster, but um, it's quite often um, usually involves the rescue of some animal, and then they're nursing them back to health for their recovery. And so you get some of the the worst and the best of humanity all at once with some little dog or horse or whatever stuck in the middle of it um and so i've been i've been watching a lot of those lately uh just because it's nice to watch something with a happy ending it's nice to see uh, you know feel good in that kind of moment and um i think there's a lot of noise out there these days and when you can see something that's just involves uh 
there's one last night I was watching. It was a little pig. It was found on a freeway. They think it was actually born on a truck, fell off the back of the truck. And this family found him and brought him home and nursed him back to health and then took him to a forever farm where he lived happily ever after. <laughs> and yeah, you don't get a lot of things on the internet anymore that end with, and everybody lived happily ever after. So Yeah, exactly. I highly recommend the Dodo. I would question whether or not you want to do that with too many people around because uh, when you least expect it, you can find yourself very emotionally moved Aww. by <laughs> the content that you're watching. But uh, it's sweet stuff, and it makes you just want to uh, – Give up everything and go run a farm somewhere and take in all the uh, all the needy little animals in the world. Nice. But I, it makes me soft. I go to butter on this stuff pretty quick. So. Like butter. Like butter. Like butter. So I highly recommend the Dodo, the Dodo on YouTube. Very nice. Mine is actually the same one that Murray had last week, and that is Dead to Me on Netflix, uh-huh. uh, starring uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. And... Um, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's a quick watch too because it's like it's ten half hour episodes, mm. and um, I would just watching the, those those two women act together is fantastic, and uh, and there's there's a, a, a great supporting cast as well, and uh, which includes uh, James, um, um, the guy who played Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Marsden. Um, Marsden. James Marsden. Oh. I think so. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and also, um, yeah, I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter. Um, the the guy who played um, it, here's a here's a deep cut. Uh, he was um, um, oh, what. The, Deborah Messing's uh, assistant on uh, the the mysteries of Laura, and uh, which was the cop show that she did uh, oh, wow. after yep. after uh, uh, crash crashed, and um, <laughs> and and she did that, and and he was her assistant was fantastic, and uh, he and that guy plays uh, Christina Applegate's business partner. Um, it is. Um, it's a real ride and uh, funny, tragic all at once um, and uh, just stellar performances. And uh, so it is so basically um, Murray had, had already finished it. I started watching it <laughs> last weekend and uh, and was kind of uh, w- w- and I would I would like you basically like I'd say to him, I think this and uh, he, he, he texts back. I'm not saying a word, and uh, but but through my whole rewatch of it, I I was basically, uh, um, you know, when I w- the stuff that I you would yell at the TV, I was like, I'm gonna text it to Murray, and <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome, and uh, and so we were talking about it after, and it's like, oh god, I I want to see more, and they did announce that it has been renewed, and there will be a second season on Netflix, and all I can say is they better damn well start soon. Because uh, my Excellent. my the thing I was dreading about it was that it's coming to the end. I'm gonna it, it, like it's gonna come to the end, and, and I won't be able to see anymore. And uh, and and I knew this within the first ten minutes uh, that it was like, oh yeah, I, I'm gonna like this. And I don't find that happens nearly often enough. There'll be something where I'll start, and it's like, yeah, it's okay. I'll get to that. Uh, but this the this propelled me through it, and uh, um, a, a delightful watch. And as I say, just uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Uh, God, that's so good in this. 
And Everything sounds great to me on paper. I just haven't got to it yet. And yeah. I keep saying it's one that I'll do. And, uh, you know, it certainly would fit a, you know, morning breakfast background while I'm working away. But I I haven't got to it yet. But the yeah. fact that it's uh, such a small run and so bite-sized really yeah. appeals to me. And that's, and I'm, that's I'm, what I'm got me give to give it a go. go. That, that's a big part of um you know, it is it is really good, but but the thing that that really got me is like, yeah, I can. I, th- this is a reasonable time frame, and uh, and so you know, I I watched it while uh, you know I was doing some laundry, and it and it's like great, I can uh, I can watch this while I'm doing this, and then I I really got wrapped up in it, and uh, you know I I get up on the weekend, I get up early with the dogs, and we'll head downstairs, so. Uh, so Jan can sleep in for a bit because she so seldom does, and um, and so we watched. So I, I got a lot of it done there. Uh, you know, it's like okay, that's uh, that's that's five episodes down, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, uh, encourage everyone to do that. My pop of the week is Dead to Me on Netflix. Lovely. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, comments as always are welcome at Pop and Crap at gmail.com we have a Facebook page as I mentioned earlier facebook.com slash pop and crap p-o-p-n-c-r-a-p we are on the Twitter we are pop and crap of course and in addition to all those things you can head over to pop and crap.com where you can leave a comment on this or any episode Scott and while it's entirely possible you may never win an argument about the sound superiority of an audio cassette uh, just remember at the end of the day, it's all just popping crap.